I'm Neil Wilkins, and welcome to The Mindful Living Show. So today I'm joined by Kate Strong. Kate is a world champion triathlete, entrepreneur, coach, consultant, TEDx speaker, Reiki master, philanthropist, the list goes on. Uh, A very, very interesting person, as we're going to hear about. And today we are going to explore the idea of living an uncompromised life, which I guess for many people right now could be both a blessing and a curse. Um, They may have an abundance of time to be thinking and planning, but probably not too much flexibility to put some of those plans into action. So this is going to be a very interesting conversation. So uh, welcome, Kate. Thank you so much, Neil. It's a pleasure to be joining you today. Great. So tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, I've, I've kind of built you up there and put you on the pedestal of uh, this, you know, superwoman. Um, tell us a little bit about your kind of journey to bring you to this point. Um, it's, it's always interesting looking, taking time to reflect. And I love this question for that reason. I was, I was born into a normal family from, from Wales and from an early age, I ha- I've always had very vivid memories, even from the age of one. And I always felt a little bit different from everybody, but couldn't put my finger on it. And I think with that feeling of feeling different, always being just outside the circle, just the last one to get the jokes or the last one to really sort of connect and always feel a little bit outside of society, I made it my mission albeit unconsciously, to fit in, to do my best, to conform, to make my parents happy, to please other people. And so I always was the good girl. I followed the rules. I went to school, got good grades and did pretty much what my parents expected of me and also what society did. So I graduated with a double master's in engineering from France, a French and English university, because that would make my parents happy. And it would be able to allow me to get a safe and secure job because that's what's expected of us, right? Yet in my heart, I always knew it wasn't truly me. So once I graduated from university, I took a year off and went traveling the world. And that's when I really connected to to what makes my heart sing. It's being able to get, you know, my shoes and socks off and run in the forest when I want to. It's being able to wake up before dawn and go to sleep at lunchtime to follow my natural body rhythms and also to connect with environments and communities that I haven't been exposed to and cultures that I never knew existed. Uh, That was in Latin America, in remote villages where they barely spoke Spanish, let alone English. And uh, it ignited a passion in me of service. I discovered luckily in those moments that I love serving others. That's what I'm here on this planet to do. And uh, I helped little communities set up micro businesses to support themselves. Yet at the end of the year, I felt I was drawn back to conforming. The expectation of returning to that tick list of society was weighing down on me. And that's exactly what I started to do. I went home, I got, you know, got a job, tick, bought a house, tick, started dating a guy who was marriage potential, tick, and uh, kept ticking, you know, working my way down the list, pushing further and further away that I'd actually given up on myself. I emigrated to Australia with my then boyfriend. We bought some businesses and I started to live to satisfy him and his purpose because I didn't know what I wanted. I followed someone who had a stronger purpose than myself, even though it wasn't mine. And fast forward nine years, it was quite a toxic relationship. There was quite a lot of uh, physical and mental abuse 
directed to me and by by chance or by luck he left me six days before my wedding which may seem like the worst thing to happen to somebody yet for me it was the greatest freedom I could have ever wished for because I didn't have this power in myself to say no I couldn't have the confidence to be able to break free from something that outside looked looked very healthy and so in that moment that's when I decided to start living for myself uncompromisably to start putting myself first to not see it as selfish but actually centering myself by me being the strongest sorry for the pen strongest person I could be for me the most authentic me, I was able to then spiral out and support yet more people. Because before I was just living a, a room, a, a life of lies. I'd always be perfect. I'd always be happy. I would never show any chinks or pain in my life for fear that I would be called out and the worlds that I'd built up so precariously would come crumbling down. And from those ashes, because it was now crumbled, I could redesign my life. I could choose my path and my journeys. And I just sat down one day and said, what, what have I always wanted to do that I gave up on because of other people? And the word triathlon came to my mind. I'd heard about this long distance triathlon thing years ago, 10 years ago, on top of a mountain, on top of a volcano. And I gave up on it because of other people. And I said, today is the youngest I'll ever be. And so now is the time to start feeding my dreams, not making excuses to give up on them. And that's when I started to run, swim and cycle. And I also unleashed my potential, which was we, we far too often in our lives say, I want to achieve, I want to run a marathon. And then we say, oh, yes, but I don't have the time. And our logic clicks in, our brain clicks in with all the reasons why we shouldn't even try. And so we then run a half marathon and we think it's good enough. But our heart didn't want a half, it wanted a full. So when I said I wanted to do an Ironman, I said, well, I don't know what my potential is and I'm not going to put my glass ceiling again on my potential. I've been doing that far too often. So in order to awaken myself, in order to be my best and satisfy my inner, inner being, my purpose, I have to aim for number one. It would be a disservice of myself not to. And that's what I did. And with a hell of a lot of hard work behind that, the action behind my intention, I did achieve to be number one in the world. And since then, I have followed my intuition. I, the, I call it the pendulum. The pendulum swings from, from the light, purpose-driven to the, the dark, obligation-driven. My pendulum does swing between the two. It's not that it's always static. My life is very fluid. Yet I catch myself quicker when I'm doing things out of logic and obligation so I can then get closer to the centre and find more balance and be more authentically me. So now I'm blessed that I, I live in Britain. I live a very open and honest life. I help others unlock their own potential and I work with businesses to do the same within their organisations as well. Wow, that's... Um... There's something really, really lovely, and I'm kind of struggling for words here to kind of really sort of encapsulate what you've just done there. But I think for, for everybody kind of watching and listening, there was just something really, really fundamental there in the way that you were vulnerable to the situation and kind of shared and communicated that vulnerability so, I guess, clearly to yourself, but also to us. 
And I think for me, that's one of the really, really key kind of building blocks in this whole process, which probably for a lot of people is quite some way down the, the process and the journey. And it's for, for me, the starting point um, potentially is the thing that you talked about, this kind of thing about turning points. How can, how can people begin to sort of watch out for turning points that maybe aren't quite so um, you know, dramatic as maybe being left um, before your wedding or maybe as we're finding now with the virus and you know, the situation that people are in, these big sort of dramatic moments in life where you know, you're just kind of faced you know, sort of full on with the, uh, the challenge. If something's a little bit more kind of subtle, how do people kind of begin to break out of that kind of pattern, that paradigm, those kind of repetitive habits that they've um, probably found that really aren't really serving them very well? Where do they begin that sort of journey to really sort of spot those things? Yeah, it's a really great question, Neil, because a lot of us wait until that dramatic moment when we're sat down by the doctor to say, you know, you're, you're six months away from a debilitating disease. That's when we make the changes. But the, the telltale signs, the red flags were months, if not years before. Uh, and it's, it's, very, it's very personal. So I, there isn't a one size fits all. My, my sign for when I need to start reflecting may be very distinct from yours. So for everybody, the first step is to become very aware of our own self. For me, when I notice I um, want to lower my vibrations, so I might look for an alcoholic beverage, or I may look for processed food, or I may find other forms of distraction, getting myself away from me, like binge watching something on Netflix or something, something I call lower vibration because I'm not connecting to my inner purpose or self. That usually is a sign for me that whatever I'm doing, I need to look at. It may not be bad. I might, I might just be challenging myself to step out of my comfort zone, which is a good thing. But there's something going on where I'm disconnecting. And then that sign of disconnection is my usual first red flag. That what I'm doing is either pushing me away from my purpose or pushing me too fast as well, which can also create similar things. But again, it's, it's about getting aware to ourselves. You may find that you, you overly clean your house or something that, that you, you use repeatedly to make sure that we're not dealing with how we're feeling. And sometimes it's easy to take it on ourselves. So for me, what I also do is I acknowledge it through my journal. And if it's still present three times, so I have a very simple three strike rule. If I, if I, see it once I may let it go if I see it a second time I need to, to get it out somehow usually in writing or with a confidant a close friend if it's there three times that's when I need to take when I say massive action I'm not talking about changing the world and moving house and quitting your job but I need to take something of significant action because this is bigger than I first thought so it's about real deep reflection, awareness of, is this just today pattern or can I see this having repeated further in my life? Because nine times out of 10, uh, I'll give you an example. I'm a Reiki master, so I'm part of a Reiki master community of support to make sure that we all, we're all there for each other. I, I, I shared a link in that group to, to, for all of us to meet on the webinar. And the leader of the group, my Reiki master teacher said, can you please remove the link? Now I was quite triggered by that and took offense. And so upon reflection, because it was there present for days and days, and it's a very similar, stupid example, small example, but I saw this had been repeated three years ago. 
in another consulting job. And this had been repeated five years ago in another career. And this had been repeated 15 years ago. I was using the same words that I was being picked out. It was on me. How dare you pick on me? Other people do this, but why me? And once I saw this pattern, I knew it was my manifestation. And so I could get to the root cause of that issue, which was actually something that happened a long time ago, rather than just plastering the moment with my master and going, yep, everything's fine, I won't do it again, knowing that in the future it might have manifested elsewhere. So for anybody who sees these red flags, see if there's a common pattern, because our reactions are actually valid, but they're also signs to say that we may need to deal with something from our past or also potentially a fear of the future as well. But we want to start reconnecting to ourselves. So I hope that that share was uh, answered to your question. But yeah, it's just about really knowing ourselves. Yeah, there's something sort of in this about um, almost sort of self-learning to self or to be self-aware and it's kind of sort of fostering this I guess as a, a little bit of a habit and I think for, for lots of people who as, as you've described are almost subservient to the the outer world so be that a partner relationship celebrity the media whatever it happens to be it's almost that they feel their purpose is to serve you know that external um, stimulus or that um, external situation where do people sort of begin this whole self-awareness kind of habit because it sounds like it almost becomes like a full-time passion I guess if you're doing this you want to be self-aware on pretty much everything so kind of how do they begin that journey do you think? It's a good question and you're right it could be a long-term introspective journey and the importance is to make sure that we bring it to life through action so it's making sure we have this fine balance of self-awareness to a healthy level which then creates the action and the change in the world we want to see so it's making sure we keep that balance together um for the question about where to start what was the sorry i've just double check the question was about how to sort of find self-awareness within us i could say easily just start meditating but it's hard to meditate if we don't do it it's like telling someone who's never swum in a pool to start swimming so how about we look at our words notice where our words follow us because they're the signs of where our thoughts become so we think then then we say so if our words are more present in certain areas or certain you know if i use the word victim if we're using victim words such as well it's not my fault look outside the door of course i can't work of course i can't pay the rent because the we're all in furlough and everyone's losing their job we're noticing that that is coming from a victim state it's a valid state but it, it it's going to create a certain future that's predictable if we want to then change the words to a more empowering state is making sure that we have ownership of it saying i've been given this opportunity of more time to now find different avenues of income so those are two distinct words so yes meditation and introspection is important but for someone who's maybe never even meditated before or opened up, your words are the key to your language. So grab, a, grab your phone, record a normal conversation and notice what patterns are there. Are they empowering, disempowering, helpful, blameful, judgeful, 
hateful it could be on yourself as well as others but your words is definitely the first start to opening up introspection as well as extraspection action as well <laughs> yeah that's something that's kind of really really practical and I, I really love that that whole thing of you know making these things actionable is the word that you use because i think a lot of the time we can spend and i've seen you know many many examples of people who you know go on courses go on retreats watch this webinar watch that um you know thought leader on a particular topic and think oh i'm healed i'm sorted and actually they don't do any action and then they, they move to the next one and then they book on the next one and the next one and they almost go into this sort of pattern of a oh, world solve my problem whereas actually what you're saying here is that you almost you, you need to take ownership of this for this thing to kind of manifest properly in your world and so yeah beginning with those words and the way that you kind of describe even probably the most simple things i think could be you know super powerful for well, for everybody you know all of us you know you and me included i think it's it's just really important that we you know begin to practice this to create those great habits I suppose on the the flip side of, of doing that from a, a very positive perspective is the um, the danger, I guess, of things like self sabotage, where people make um, excuses like "Oh, I haven't got enough time," or "Oh, my family commitments," or "Oh, I have children, so I can't do this, I can't do that." Where, where do you see all that coming from? Is is that kind of very much fear based? Are they trying to sort of use those excuses to cover up something else? Well, well how do you see that? Again, it's very, very personal journey. So somebody using this, if you had two people and they both had the same excuse, it could come from very different backgrounds. So that's why I don't read one size fit all books. That's why I don't read how to cure my life in five simple steps because it, it's personal and it's, it doesn't work for everyone. It's about giving ourselves the empowerment to work it out ourselves. So first step, um, we have a collective consciousness. We are all emotional beings that have the potential to reach the knowledge that's available to us everywhere. Nobody knows something more than anybody else. We all have the same capacity for learning, growing, developing and access to this knowledge. So no book and no one outside of yourself will ever give you something you don't already know that can't help yourself. What people, guides, mentors like you and I do is we just let go of the crap that's blocking you from seeing that. I don't add anything. We don't add anything. We're removing the crap away for you to see your own light, for you to trust yourself, not for me to say, here's your light, here's your purpose, here's the reason you're in life, carry on, do what I tell you to do. That's not our journey as guides. So we all intrinsically know that. If we're using excuses such as I don't have time or you know the kids are the kids need my attention or or anything else I for me my belief is from a belief structure we create a lot of beliefs very much I think 99% of all our beliefs are formed in the first seven years of our life so if we have a fear of anything or a concern it comes from a memory back in that first seven years the first life cycle of our journey here and so it's about unearthing our relationship to why we are procrastinating, resisting, making excuses. What is our belief structure around money? What would money mean to me? What would success mean to me? Where do these beliefs come from? Is it my father told me that money is hard work or you cannot have more than, you know, don't be more successful than the neighbors because they'll be judgy. 
what do we have around this sort of belief structure that's actually preventing us from moving forward and once we know what that belief is now we can upgrade it no belief is right or wrong good or bad it was created in a way to keep us protected and safe which means in our comfort zone so all we want to do is with love let that belief go and upgrade it because we want to live an upgraded life so if we are using our children as an excuse and it's coming from the root of i won't spend time with them because work is long hours money means working long hours we need to upgrade that so we can work long hours because work is showing our children that we can do everything and they can have everything in their lives that would be a more wholesome belief around that children mindset so again it comes down to my magic formula of knowing ourselves being able to upgrade without judgment we're not making ourselves wrong in this space and then take action to bring that belief and find more proof and validation that the new belief is real and valid in our lives. Yeah, I love that phrase, living an upgraded life. I think, um, you know, what's not to like, you know, that is certainly something I think that everybody, no matter whether they're, you know, sort of literally at the bottom of, you know, the curve right now, or if they're, you know, super happy and everything feels like it's going really, really well. I think any kind of upgrade, any kind of refresh, reboot that kind of continues you on that journey, not necessarily of growth, not necessarily of expansion, or, you know, fundamental change, but, but just of evolution, I guess it's really really important so yeah i love that love that phrase that you use there and um, we often hear the word um gratitude uh, when sort of people talk about topics like this i mean do, do you think kind of having self-gratitude and, and being grateful is is helpful in leading an uncompromised life yeah i i truly believe it is we can only see in others what we see in ourselves that's for the the greatness of them as well as the the niggles so what I write in my journal is I write every evening three things I'm grateful for and three things I acknowledge myself for. Some, some days it may just be I got out of bed on my third alarm call, but I still got out of bed and that deserves acknowledgement if I'm having one of those dark days. Other days it may be that I, I did something enormous, but I always give myself the space to acknowledge myself. And I think it's really important, regardless our family situation. So I don't have children, but I always stand that we need to be the leaders we want to be. If we want to have great relationships with our neighbours, we have to be great neighbours. And we need to acknowledge what we do, not always look for outside validation that we are great people. So yeah, self-acknowledgement, self-gratitude. And also just uh, to add, on my journal, I also write what made me curious that day bringing to life a child, the inner child. I always embrace that as well, because we sometimes get a little complacent around here, which dulls life down. So I always bring acknowledgement for myself, gratitude for others, as well as curiosity of the life I'm living and the beauty that surrounds me. Mm. I'm going to be a little bit controversial now because obviously when we start on this whole journey of um, no compromise, you know, the idea of think and dream big, you know, lots of books have been written on this topic and it's all about positivity and kind of like looking to the future and we're going to live this amazing life and you can manifest everything you want. Is there a danger that by going down this route, we could be setting ourselves up to fail? Yes, in short. When we start a new path, we have an infinite amount of possibilities that we could end in, and one of them might be failure. But tell me what failure is. 
because everyone's definition again is different uh, for a child trying to learn to walk if they stood up and fell on their bottom would we deem them a crawler for the rest of their lives failure is only what we define it to be i've had hundreds of not thousands of failures yet it's only a failure if i stop that's my definition of of failure so i keep learning developing and growing every single day and even on my last breath in this planet it won't be a failure because my life is over because the next journey starts and i don't know what that may be either so i think failure is only what we create it to be and it's important to make sure that we leave it open and open to to receiving it as well how many i mean let's just use an example in our personal lives if I looked at my first ever relationship at the age of 14, when I kissed my first boy as a failure, I'd still be sitting here single. So we need to be open to learning along the journey as we evolve as well. Yeah, and I, and I think it is a, there's almost like a reflection of this part reality here, but then there's also part yeah, kind of sensibility that look, if we don't try and we can't use that sense of failure maybe to limit us and to create a whole new paradigm of what we can't do it's about exploration i guess and the way that you've kind of described it is that you know there is no right or wrong there is just in the middle what is and so it's not saying you're making a good decision or a bad decision you're just making a decision and enjoy the consequence because there's learning to be had in there I think all of this to me sort of comes around to I think what you're sort of saying both overtly but also the underlying sort of theme is this thing about taking action and actually you know making decisions and actually making things happen rather than just thinking about them I mean as a kind of world champion athlete I mean obviously you have to be to be able to achieve that innately disciplined I mean is, is that kind of discipline to take action on a consistent basis, part with fear, but mostly without fear? I mean, is that learnt or is that somebody in someone's DNA, do you think? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's a bit of both. I, I believe we can learn anything. There's beautiful stories. I think Joe Dispenza is one that he, you know, he learned how to heal his own spine after breaking it. So I believe we can learn it all. I may have have a more of an inclination to be that structured person that, that can sort of just get on with it and deal with stuff when maybe I'm less emotional than others, but that's just my personality. Um, but it's something we can definitely learn. And it's just, again, coming down to a self-awareness, knowing what those red flags are and having that powerful vision, knowing where we're heading and for me it's planning so i've got i've got a goal a personal goal for fitness to achieve something in two years time it's it's the it's world's first challenge basically and i've already started training today so i've got my five 30 minute training sessions this week scheduled in my diary it's written on my wall and i won't miss them so when i have my emotional i don't feel like it because it's 8 p.m at night and i i didn't plan my day well i don't attached to the feeling I attach to my promise and my promise is to do my training today so I will make it happen I step over that and, and as stepping over my feelings of I don't want to and they're not really validated they're just because I forgot etc I'm becoming a bigger person every single day I step over the not feeling of wanting to grow and growing and taking that action so a word that's really 
powerful to me is integrity. It's making sure that we live our words. So if I was to say to you, Neil, I'll meet you at 10 a.m. on Tuesday in December, without question, you know I'd be there. Without reminders, I would be there because I'm a girl who what I say, I do. And that power, that muscle, allows me to then aim bigger and bigger and bigger in my life because when I say to myself in the mirror, in two years time, I'm cycling 3,100 miles in 10 days across America, I'm gonna do it. There isn't a question, there's no wiggle room because I'm not living as two Kates, the Kate that says things and the Kate that does something differently. I'm the same Kate standing in front of you saying this. And I think that has to be the most powerful message I think any of us are gonna hear today. <laughs> Um, I'm not even going to add to that because that says everything. So thank you so much, Kate, for, for sharing that. And also the big target that you clearly have, which is wonderful. I mean, if your words obviously resonate with um, somebody listening to this or watching this, what are the next steps going to be? How can they engage with you? I'm very social. I love connecting with new people who are opening up their journey of self-awareness and striving as well. So uh, please visit me on my website, kate at katestrong.co. You can drop me an email. My personal email is kate at katestrong.co. And of course, I'm on quite a lot of social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and please reach out to me there as well. Thank you so much, Kate, today. I'm going to definitely have to re-watch this um, a number of times to glean all of those little um, sort of bite-sized moments of um, little golden nuggets of uh, really, really useful stuff to kind of embed into, into my world as well. So, you know, really appreciative of your time today, Kate, because, um, yeah, I think we've covered um, so many concepts and I think this is, you know, for lots of people going to be just literally the start of uh, what could be a very, very interesting period of time if they choose to kind of join you on a similar kind of journey um, and I think for me the the abiding sort of thing that will uh, sort of remain after having uh, sort of been in this conversation is about taking action it's all very well thinking about this stuff but unless you take that first step nothing's going to happen so thank you again Kate it's been a really really lovely uh, enjoyable uh, conversation today thank you so much for this opportunity Neil it's been a pleasure too